If you don't understand tax, it's likely that you'll pay too much. And that is especially true today, as we're going to talk about inheritance tax. Notoriously, inheritance tax is a tax that falls on the middle income families, as the rich people just pay advisors to help them avoid it. But after listening to this podcast, you're going to understand what inheritance tax is and some ways that you can legitimately reduce that bill. At the end, we're going to talk about a really important exemption that affects the families of those healthcare professionals that unfortunately passed away because of the COVID pandemic, exempting their estates from inheritance tax. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. Mate, so good to be back recording in person with you today because we've been recording remotely for a, a bit because I can't drive because of my hand injury and it's great. Remote is okay, but I think the vibe is better. Yeah, it's much, much nicer to actually do this face to face, I think much better yeah definitely just want to say thanks to everyone that's wished me well with my hand injury thanks to the incredible care provided by the nhs it's going as well as it can be expected having chopped off my thumb index and middle finger mm. completely so thanks for all your well wishes the bandage is a bit dirty today but you'll be relieved to know there's a small spillage of coffee and not blood that's good that's I'll, good i'll change it later also evidence you've drinking coffee which is great yeah i'm back on the coffee wagon like big hand. time all right so basically, when you were an accountant and tax advisor at PwC in London for nine years, inheritance tax was a kind of thing that was right in your wheelhouse. So, you know, I said in the intro, basically, you know, wealthy people pay advisors like your former self to avoid it. And the burden typically falls on middle income families. So I'm really excited to learn more about it and find out about legitimate ways that we can all think about reducing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it is quite notorious for being that sort of tax. People with very little income or you know, a few assets don't really pay anything because they're exempt because of the various exemptions you can get anyway. Middle income families are the ones that really get a burden with the tax. And then the super wealthy, they basically just find ways to structure their affairs to make sure they don't pay any at all or very little if they do. So, so yeah, so today let's get into inheritance tax. And as we said, something I used to deal with quite a bit at PwC. And it's actually, I mean, you guys will probably come across inheritance tax all the time, I'm sure, but it's been in the papers a lot recently as well, because the tax take from it has actually increased to a record-breaking £7.1 billion, where their forecast is going to rise to £8.4 billion over the next few years due to the freeze on tax thresholds. I mean, we talked many a time about the freeze on the personal allowance, the income tax thresholds, but inheritance tax thresholds have also been frozen for a long time as well. And rightly or wrongly, the newspapers are currently focusing on the fairness of the tax and there have been multiple media outlets and politicians, including over 50 Conservative MPs, who've been calling for the inheritance tax to be abolished altogether. Pretty um, much the only way they're going to win the next election, I reckon, if they pull off some kind of stunt like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's another, yeah, it's definitely been in the papers uh, yesterday <laughs> that, you know, they're trying to help Rishi Sunak win the next election by abolishing inheritance tax. So we'll have to wait and see what they do. But, you know, a lot of people would argue that it's very complicated, which is true. In fairness, the tax itself is unfair. Um, people will say it raises little revenue for the government, although I think 8.4 billion sounds quite good to me. And it's largely avoided by the wealthy, as we said. So 
we're not here to debate the merits of the tax. We're going to leave that entirely to the politicians and the media. But of course, we're here as always to educate and empower healthcare professionals regarding their finances. So we thought we'd discuss what it is, what you can do to minimise it, as we said, and help minimise the inheritance tax bill that your loved ones will have to pay on your estate when you die. And of course, with all the things we cover in Medics Money, it is, a, of course, a huge topic. So we're not going to go into a vast amount of detail here, but it's very important to give, you know, the usual caveat as well, that every individual needs to consider their own circumstances, but it should give you a good overview. Okay. As Tommy pointed out though, we also have something very important to say at the end regarding inheritance tax in relation to healthcare professionals who lost their lives during the COVID pandemic, because it's not well known. So we want to make sure that everyone who listens to this podcast knows all about it. Yeah, it is definitely not well known that. And I mean, you just mentioned it in passing the other day. I was like, wow, like, how do I not know about that? Because that's, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's really useful for people in that unfortunate situation. And you're going to talk about that at the end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, cool. absolutely. We'll, do, we'll explain what inheritance tax is first, and we'll come on to that towards the end. So inheritance tax, what is it? Okay, so inheritance tax, it may become chargeable when an individual dies, and it's levied on the value of the deceased estate. And there are two primary rates of inheritance tax. There's a 0% rate and a 40% rate with 0% applying on the first £325,000 of the estate, and then the 40% rate applies after that. Okay, And this £325,000 rate is called the nil rate band, because up until that point, the rate of inheritance tax is nil, so 0%. And any inheritance tax that is due is paid by the deceased estate before the assets are then gifted out. So you pay the tax on the estate, and then the assets that are left are gifted out according to the deceased will, or if they don't have a will, the other rules that apply. Now, because HMRC don't want people to avoid paying inheritance tax on their deaths by giving all their assets away, they also take into account any transfers of value out of the estate in the previous seven years before death. That nil rate ban I mentioned of £325,000, that applies to these transfers out as well until it's exceeded. And then the 40% rate will apply on any further transfers and to the estate on death. If a transfer to an individual is chargeable to inheritance tax, then the recipient who received that gift will have to pay the inheritance tax due. Okay. So you basically, you take all the gifts that you've made in the past seven years and you add them up. And when it reaches above £325,000, from that moment on, the gifts and then the estate will be charged with inheritance tax at 40%. Okay. If you haven't made any gifts in the previous year or the gifts you've made in the seven years, don't total £325,000, then the estate that you leave when you die, the new rate ban will apply against that instead. I hope that makes some sense. Does that make sense, Tommy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, perfect. Okay, we'll, make a little bit, we'll add a little bit more complexity to it because there's also an additional, something called a residential nil rate band for residential property worth £175,000 if it's a qualifying residence and it's passed on death to a direct descendant. Okay, so... I'm not going to go into the rules of this, but we just want to make sure everyone is aware that it also exists. So if a parent passes on their property and assets to their children, you know, they may in total have a nil rate band of £500,000. Okay, so the £325,000 plus this residential nil rate band of £175,000 as well. Okay, the idea being, I'm going to go off topic a little bit or a little bit, a bit of tangent, but... Wait, could this be tax trivia? A little bit of tax historical trivia, yeah, just, you know, just to excite, you know, get one's pulses going. So essentially, before the 2010 election, the Conservatives in opposition, George Osborne, made a very popular pledge to increase that nil rate band 
to a million pounds. The idea being that only millionaires would pay inheritance tax. Although, of course, I'm sure they would find a way to avoid it anyway. When they got into power in coalition with the Lib Dems, the, the Lib Dems didn't like that idea one bit and refused to allow it to pass. So the only way that George Osborne in the end changed inheritance tax was to introduce this additional £175,000 exemption for residential properties only. So if you have two people, they both have a near rate band of £325,000 and then this £175,000 allowance each for their residential property, it does total £1 million. So he's trying to make it look like he was making a million pounds for an exemption. But essentially, of course, the Lib Dems kind of kiboshed that idea. And we are where we are today. Although, as we said, there is calls to abolish the tax altogether. So uh, we'll see how that goes. One thing that's really important to note is that any transfers to a spouse or a civil partner of assets, whether that's in the individual's lifetime or in death, they're exempt from inheritance tax. Okay, so if you pass away and all your assets go to your husband or your wife or your civil partner, then there's no inheritance tax on that. Okay. Can I ask a potentially stupid question, but just to clarify things. Yeah. So this residential rate relief, let's just imagine this scenario. I die and I'm not married. Then I pass my property, which is worth £500,000 to my children and I have no other assets. Therefore, I pay no inheritance tax. Is that what you're saying with that 500? 325 plus 175 thing. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. yeah, you've got to deposit to your children. I I don't know about grandchildren, but certainly if you deposit to your children, you get that extra trunk, chunk of £175,000 allowance. Yeah, okay. Which is presumably a reasonably common scenario that a lot of people would possibly not have too yeah. many assets outside their main... Yeah, potentially. The main reason why inheritance tax is getting so much more traction in terms of revenue is mainly because of house price increases in the past. So that £325,000, that hasn't increased since I think something like 2007 or something. I mean, it's been a long old time. So a lot of people are getting sucked in because of their properties and that extra 175k, that does help a lot of people out if they pass their assets to their children. Gotcha. Cool. So let's talk about how we might you know, reduce our inheritance tax bill, because there are some exemptions that will apply during an individual's lifetime that can help avoid inheritance tax charges, which might be useful to know, and some that apply to the assets on death as well. Okay, so here are some common exemptions. So firstly, every individual who makes a chargeable transfer for inheritance tax purposes, either giving away some assets, has an annual exemption of £3,000 each tax year. So and if you don't use your annual exemption from the previous tax year, you can carry this forward. So if I give £4,000 to someone today and I've made no other gifts, then I will be entitled to use the annual exemption for the current tax year of £3,000. And if I have unused allowance from the previous tax year, let's assume I do, then I can use that too. So the entire £4,000 may be exempt from inheritance tax. So if you had, let's say, if you and your partner had not made any gifts at all to anyone at all, let's say, in the past two years, and you had eight grandchildren, if you gave each grandchild £1,500, you would utilize the £3,000 annual exemption for both of you in the current year and the previous year. So it works like that. I hope that makes kind of sense. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, everyone gets a £3,000 annual allowance and you get you can carry forward from the previous tax year as well if you haven't used it or haven't used it all. Okay. Now, secondly, okay, small gifts of up to £250 to any one donee in any tax year are exempt. So if you're putting money in birthday cards to your nieces, nephews, grandchildren, etc., 
then these are exempt up to £250. That's mainly because of admin, because HMRC definitely do not want to have to work, calculate the inheritance tax on all the £10 notes you've been putting in birthday cards. You're super happy if your like, grandmother gave you 250 quid in a card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I never will do either. But, uh, you know, tell me if you want first give me that for Christmas. Well, my birthday's coming up in a few months. Uh, it's you know. not likely, but anyway. Well, if you take a zero enough. off, I could probably, what, two zeros? <laughs> £2.50? £2.50, they're very generous. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I look forward to it. You're welcome. Uh, and then, okay, and thirdly, there are some exemptions for wedding and civil partnership gifts as well. So, for example, a parent can give up to £5,000 to a child and up to 2500 to a grandchild, and these gifts will be exempt from inheritance tax. And that exemption applies per ceremony as well. Okay, so another little way in which you can gift assets to to people and save some inheritance tax. I think it's if it's someone that's not family, I think it's a thousand pounds you can give for a wedding gift. Again, a lot of people probably aren't going to be getting a thousand pounds for a wedding gift, but you know it can happen. I'm sure. I don't have any wealthy enough friends that would do that for me, but hey. Okay, number four. Okay, so we mentioned the transfers to a spouse or civil partners. Any gifts, you know, they're exempt from inheritance tax. Other things that are also exempt are if you make any gifts or donations to charities, that's completely exempt from inheritance tax, whether that's in your lifetime or on death. And also any donations to political parties as well, they're also exempt from inheritance tax. Were you about to make some sort of slight comment about why the politicians have allowed that exemption? <laughs> I wasn't, no, but I'm just going to bring attention to it. No, I was just thinking about it selfishly about the wedding thing. What about if it's a renewal of vows, right? Because me and Joe are planning to renew our vows because oh. my ring finger basically got chopped off. Yeah. Luckily, I wasn't wearing my wedding ring on the other oh, day. That's good. It was yeah. good, but also slightly awkward. But it was totally innocuous. <laughs> I just I forgot to put it on that day, which was amazing. Oh, okay. Otherwise... You were deliberately taking it off because you were sore and stuff. No. Uh -huh. So we're planning to renew our vows. As soon as this finger goes back down to the required size for, to fit my ring back on, which is going to take a while. Anyway... Yeah. What does it mean? Can we do it again on a renewal of vows or would I have to go for a full wedding in order to benefit from an house? Yeah, house? you'd have to kind of divorce and then remarry. Okay. Which right. I think Joe might be a bit cross about if you, yeah, if you yeah. suggested that. Which is a shame because that would be quite nice, wouldn't it? If you just like renewed your vows every like two days. and I want to make this renewal of vows the most tax efficient renewal of vows ever, right? <laughs> so what a different, that's a lovely idea. That's a really nice idea. Just not inheritance tax efficient, I'm afraid. So uh... Well, it depends on this finger going back down, which currently got a small bit of osteomyelitis in it anyway. So it's not guaranteed. Yeah. And look how big it is. Yeah, it's quite, it is quite big. <laughs> A bit of a difference between our fingers there. Okay, uh, but sorry. Hopefully, uh, oh yeah, right, no, no more tangents. So yeah, so you can donate money to charities and political parties and obviously gift assets between spouses or civil partners with no inheritance tax consequences. Okay, now another exemption, and this is quite a, quite an important one, quite a useful one, if, okay, if you've got, got the money to do this. Okay, it comes from the idea of something called from gifts, which constitute normal expenditure out of income. Okay, so normal in, in a legal term of IHT terms means something that is a typical or has become a habit that it happens year after year. Okay, and it has to leave the donor with sufficient income to maintain their normal standard of living. Okay, there's no monetary limit on this exemption because the revenue recognised that different individuals have different levels of income. And what is, an, what is quotation marks normal expenditure out of that income is going to vary from person to person. So very usefully, there's no limit on this exemption. Okay. What it's led to is some people, for example, paying yearly school fees for their grandchildren without there being any inheritance tax consequences because the amounts involved have become a habit 
they've become normalized and they've not impacted on the standard of living of the payer. And I think we might have had a YouTube video just released about this. Is that a thing? Is that right? We've not only got a YouTube video about it, we've also got a podcast about it from a long time ago. I think it's called The Tax Efficient Way to Pay School Fees. But mm. I mean, when I found out about this, I was like, basically, if you've got wealthy parents, this is just, yeah, I mean, this is very tax efficient way to pay school fees. Yeah, absolutely. And if anything, I mean, like, you know, if, if you do have wealthy parents and let's say you're, you know, you've got some expenses that you pay yearly and you need to need some help with, then if they, if they will agree to it and they've got the money and it won't affect the standard of living and you can make it into a habitual thing, they can pass that money to you every year or to pay for something for you every year. And that shouldn't have any inheritance tax consequences because it meets that exemption. So it's, it is a very tax efficient way of doing things and it, and there's no limit as well. So, you know, if you've got very wealthy parents who could afford to, you know, spend a thousand pounds every year for you on something, then brilliant. There's no, no tax consequences there at all. As I say, assuming it doesn't affect the standard of living, you can make it into a sort of a yearly thing and they've got the cash and agree to it. Sadly, yeah. I don't have a wealthy mother. Uh, you do oh, not have wealthy parents either. So no, they definitely not. No, not at all. But uh, if, if I do, if I did, I would, uh, I would suggest to them to do that. Interesting enough, I should say that whole eight grandchildren paying the fifteen hundred pounds each thing did come from an example. My parents actually did do that. I, really, I suggested they do that because they did have a bit of money, and yeah, I've got eight grand, eight nieces and nephews. So I suggested to my parents that they pay fifteen hundred pounds each. Nice. Um, which they keep asking if we can do again. It's like, no, <laughs> exemptions have been used up now. But yeah, so that, you know, just have a think about that because, you know, it's not particularly well known. I'm sure the, a lot of people listening to this won't have any way to actually take advantage of it. But, you know, if you've not heard of that before and you do have the means or you can start paying for your own children habitually like that, then, yeah. then think about it, you know. So this next exemption is definitely something that the wealthiest people in the UK will take advantage of. So again, may not be particularly useful for a lot of people listening, but again, just to make sure you're aware of it, because there's another exemption which comes from certain investments, okay, which can qualify for something called business asset relief. And you either get a 100% exemption from the inheritance tax or a 50% exemption. Um, usually it's 100%, okay. And these include investments in unlisted shares. So if you've got your own personal company, for example, those shares are unlisted and should have zero inheritance tax consequences if you pass them on to your kids or anyone else. Shares listed on the AIM stock market, they also qualify for 100% relief from inheritance tax. So what you often find is, you know, wealthy people that, you know, they've got money to spare, they can afford to take on some risk in investing in shares that like shares on the AIM stock market, which are notoriously more risky than those on the public stock markets. If they buy those investments, pass them on to their kids, there's no inheritance tax consequences. Okay. Now, there are additional rules about these schemes and there are other assets as well. For example, agricultural assets, if you own a farm, I want to pass that on. There are some exemptions. We're not going to go into the detail. It would take forever and you'd all fall asleep. But just bear that in mind, okay, you know, that's another exemption, especially for unlisted shares. And I think a lot of people potentially, or a few people that listen to this will have their own companies, Yeah. but also shares listed on the AIM stock market as well. So riskier investments, you know, that should be exempt from inheritance tax. Okay. Finally, although I'm sure there are more, any lifetime transfers outside of the exemptions 
are often classified as potentially exempt transfers, which means that inheritance tax may be charged on the gift when the donor dies, but the transfer may be exempt. Okay, so we're only talking about gifts that were made in the donor's lifetime. They may actually still be exempt from inheritance tax. And that's because of this potentially exempt transfer rule. Okay, so the transfer is fully chargeable if the donor dies within three years of making the transfer and fully exempt if the donor dies seven or more years after the transfer. And then in between, a taper relief applies depending on the length of time the donor survived between making the gift and the date of death. Okay, so if I gave a gift to Tommy right now and I survived for seven years, there'll be no inheritance tax consequences whatsoever on that gift. I am accepting donations, just, uh, you know. Well, I'll give you about the £2.50 you're going to give me. Sounds that reasonable? Lovely. Uh, if I gave Tommy a gift that would have been chargeable to inheritance tax and I died within three years, then the whole amount would be chargeable to inheritance tax. Okay, and in between seven years and three years, there's a tapering rate, okay? What this means is it's led to some people giving away any surplus assets to their loved ones sooner rather than later, because it's more likely that these transfers will not be chargeable to inheritance tax if you give them away when you're alive, because there's a chance you will live for more than three years or even better, more than seven years. Whereas if you have the assets when you die, then almost certainly there will be some inheritance tax consequences if you're above the near rate band. So some people are actively giving away assets where they can to try and take advantage of this potentially exempt transfer rule. Okay. Hopefully that will make sense. So those last few are basically for high rollers. So I tuned out a bit, but I'm just thinking about giving my nieces and nephews a slightly more generous gift in for Christmas. There you go. Up to 250 yeah. every year. Every tax year that is. If my nieces and nephews are listening, it won't be 250. It might be more. <laughs> I think my nephew will definitely be listening. Yeah. Because <laughs> he edits a podcast for us and he'll so be very excited about that. He's not getting anything. He's not getting yeah, anything. anything. <laughs> and so just guys, just summarize above because I know, you know, hopefully it hasn't blown everyone's minds. I'm trying to explain it as, as best I can. It's not the easiest tax in the world. One reason why people are calling for it to be scrapped is because it's so complicated and it can be quite tricky to explain. So hopefully that makes sense. You know, I know that right now inheritance tax is not going to be at the forefront of a lot of your minds, especially right now with the cost of living crisis, interest rate rises, mortgage turmoil, and so on. But again, okay, we're trying to empower healthcare professionals to understand the taxes that are going to affect them. And of course, inheritance tax is one of those. And you may not have been aware of any of the exemptions that we've mentioned. And now you know them, perhaps you can take advantage of them when appropriate for your own circumstances. Yeah. I mean, as well, like if you are, if your estate is in excess of those kind of limits, you know, then you really need to, it's like a multidisciplinary team, isn't it? It's like yeah. in combination with your will, your financial advisor and your accountant is how you're going to thrash this one out, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Because it's so complex, it needs all that. And Obviously, the advisors on Medics Money are well-versed in this kind of complex tax. And over 10,000 doctors now have got advice from an expert advisor who actually understands doctors and has passed our rigorous due diligence checks. Yeah, End of advert. And remember, yeah, just actually something we haven't mentioned yet, really, and we should probably say is, you know, guys, don't forget to look into making a will if you haven't done one already, because then you can at least direct what happens to your assets and utilize that to make use of some of these exemptions. Whereas if you die interstate, as in without a will, then you know the law will dictate where your assets go, which may not be where you want them to go. So 
yeah yeah we would definitely recommend getting a will if you haven't got one already definitely obviously everything that's happened to me recently has slightly focused my mind on that side of things but i i did my will a couple of years ago with an amazing company and they will offer you 100 i think it's some kind of discount don't quote me on the number but if you go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash wills explains everything about it and i believe it's a 125 pound discount when you do a will and lasting power of attorney together they did my will and they were awesome and they will be well versed to give you advice on this but yeah get, get a will yeah definitely worthwhile doing now we mentioned before about this exemption from inheritance tax for nhs workers that have been killed by covid okay so i mean by its very nature talking about inheritance tax means talking about death we really wanted to end this podcast by talking about this exemption from inheritance tax which is just not well known but incredibly important for healthcare professionals to be aware of okay so in 2015 actually you know before the pandemic the government extended an inheritance tax exemption to include blue light workers who die responding to emergency circumstances Previously, that rule would only ever apply to those in the armed forces, okay? And what it does is the rule basically provides a 100% relief from inheritance tax on the deceased's estate, okay? And it's been confirmed that doctors and nurses who unfortunately died of COVID-19 working on the pandemic frontline are entitled to this 100% exemption from inheritance tax. So no inheritance tax should have been paid on their estates. Now, Given that over 800 healthcare workers sadly lost their lives to coronavirus between March 2020 and February 2022, it's really important that their families are aware of this exemption and make a claim. Okay, There's no limit on when someone can claim the exemption. However, once the inheritance tax has been paid, families have four years to apply for a refund from HMRC and any later and the claim will be rejected. Okay, so if it doesn't apply to anyone that you guys know, it's important that they know that they put four years from the date the inheritance tax was paid to get a refund back from HMRC. And of course, for healthcare professionals who have suffered as a result of COVID-19 while working on the front line, who then later on die because of it, it's thought that the exemption should still apply, though HMRC will want a lot more evidence to show that the deceased was an emergency responder who was responding to emergency circumstances and that the death was a result of these actions. So, you know, they raised the bar in terms of what evidence needs to be provided and so on, but it's definitely worth being aware of this just in case this unfortunate situation does arise. Okay. So again, just trying to make you guys aware of this because it's just not really well known at all. And if sadly you do know anyone who's affected or you were affected yourselves by this, you know, then you know, please look into this because you should be, you know, there should be an exemption on the estates of those loved ones who have died. Yeah. And if you're just looking like, say like you've listened to this and you're like, okay, my estate is going to, you know, is it of the size that I need help? You just, how does it break down? Where should they start with an IFA? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, IFAs, they can do what they call estate planning, which takes into account inheritance tax. Okay. So they can look at your or your assets in the round, work out what you can do with your investments and assets to try and minimize your inheritance tax bill. Accountants can also advise on inheritance tax. That's something they're very good at. They can also do calculations on how much tax you have to pay if you were subject to inheritance tax. 
and lawyers can help regarding wills, probate, and so on. I mean, really, any advisors who specialise in doctors should be aware of this exemption. So they should be able to help people out. They should, but yeah. yeah, if you want to guarantee quality, you just use Medics Money to get an advisor. They've been, they're the best of the best. They've been through our rigorous due diligence process. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hopefully that helps. Mate, I think that was... I mean, the numbers will tell us, but that I think that's a pretty classic pod, you know, like mm. classic medics money using your knowledge, which was previously only available to high net worth individuals that were your clients at PwC and putting it out there for everybody to benefit. So I really hope that helps some of you. And if you're watching on YouTube, I like YouTube because people can ask questions in the comments. Yeah. So got yeah. any questions, drop them in the comments. And we'll try to get to them. I think it's fair to say you check YouTube comments about as often as you check your LinkedIn profile, which is annually. Well, I've only had a LinkedIn profile, a real LinkedIn profile for about six months. And I may have checked it once in that time. So at the moment... Well, I just saw you check it again. So twice in six months. There you go. You know, but we do. Tommy luckily does actually check the YouTube comments and he lets me know if there's anything that I should answer. So, so please do ask away. And if we can help, we would do. Definitely, yeah. We can't answer everything, but if it's, you know, if we can help and it's really relevant to a lot of people, uh, we'll try and answer it. We're not going to give individual personalized tax advice via YouTube comments. Obvious reasons. Don't forget, if you want to get the new episodes every Tuesday, a new podcast comes out, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you could leave us a review and a comment, it really helps us to stay at the top of the algorithm. Unbelievably, this podcast is regularly in the top five medical podcasts in the UK. And that is purely because people leave us a review and leave a comment and that pushes it back up the algorithm. And then more and more people can benefit from this knowledge. So we would really appreciate it if you could just take two minutes to hit review. Obviously, it's got to make it a five star review. And if you can leave a comment, that really helps as well. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you later.